Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air.
This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. Thank you. Thank you. I can feel it. Believe me, I can totally, totally feel it. That's why we do it. All right. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, broadcasting straight up out of Chicago. This is Internet Radio. You can uh, plug into (laughs) anywhere in the world. Uh, Be sure to put me on your iPhone and all that kind of crazy stuff and because, you know, it, it's a good show, and I've been doing it for a while, and I'm very proud of it. I'm, it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you giving me the feedback that you give me, you know, whether it's negative or positive. I I deal with it all. All right, welcome to the show, and it is a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. I hope it's a beautiful day where you are, folks, and I hope you're uh, feeling good. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're strong. I hope you're thinking positive, staying positive. I hope you're doing things that's going to prolong your life. I hope you're alive and you're well. Believe me, I do. I may not contact you personally to say those things, but I mean, I really do. I hope everybody is doing fine, positive, and uplifted and uh, thinking positive thoughts, doing positive things, hanging around positive people, supportive people, and uh, lending a helping hand wherever you can. That's what it's all about. All right. Uh, my guest today is writer, what it says up here, writer and MD Christina Carbello. Okay. We'll see where that goes. All right. Uh, making the world a better place one show at a time. That's what you're listening to. That's what we're trying to do here. But every time I mention making the world a better place, something else somewhere goes haywire, like, you know, uh, the shooting in in Texas, where a majority of the people who died were children. And that's heartbreaking. And all we get from the president is that, uh, you know, gun control wouldn't have solved the problem. Um, Paul Ryan is saying, give them our prayers. This is just. I don't know. We just need to change the government, folks. We need to vote these fools out. We need to do something. <laughs> these people are crazy, and they're thinking thinking that we're crazy. Of course, it's all about the money. They're donors. They're big donors. The uh, you know the people who are lining their pockets. You know, uh, one senator just said I can't recall his name right now, but he said and you might have seen it that uh, his donors are. Uh, are are pushing him to uh, enact tax reform, you know, giving the rich tax cuts. He says his donors, this is a congressman, senator, this is a congressman, some a person in Congress saying that his donors, the people who are lining his pockets, not his voters, not the, not the people who put his ass in office, not not his constituency, but his donors. The people who are putting dollars um, in his pocket, you know, they and he said they're pushing him to enact tax reform. If he doesn't, they don't want to talk to him anymore. They don't. They can't. He can't contact them anymore. And that's something. 
And this is what this is what folks, this is what Congress is all about. Every last one of them jackasses are being they're bought and paid for by big donors, big money, NRA. They don't NRA, including that clown Trump. These people are putting uh, America at risk. They already have blood on their hands because they will do nothing whatsoever about gun control. We've had uh, uh, people shooting shooting up each other. New York, I mean Texas, you, I mean you name it. Chicago, of course, and these people will not do anything about gun control. They make up silly crap, dumb stuff, dumb excuses to not to enact sensible gun legislation. I mean, if you look at Paul Ryan, the speaker, the the head of the the speaker of the House, this guy looks so silly when asked by reporters. Uh, is there time for uh, uh, the United States to start uh, paying more attention and doing something about gun control? He looks so stupid, and he's going to say uh, prayers, send prayers. If prayers worked, they would not be in office. <laughs> if prayers worked, okay? these We wouldn't have Donald Trump. We wouldn't have Paul Ryan if prayers worked. And the Democrats probably wouldn't be losing tonight because if prayers worked. Be sensible. We need action in Congress, but these guys are not going to do anything. The NRA owns them. Not you or I who voted for them. Well, I didn't vote for them. You did. But we all suffer under whatever they uh, do or do not do. And uh, uh, this is this is a shame. These people will not enact uh, legislation to keep guns out of the hands of, of the mentally ill. The other day, Trump said, uh, what did he say? He said uh, uh, the reason why uh, those people were killed inside that church in Texas, Sutherland, Texas, Baptist Church, was because the guy, it was a mentally ill. He was mentally ill. Yeah, that's possible. But look, who cut funding for uh, treating uh, the mentally ill? You did. You did. Okay, everybody is blaming the uh, Air Force for not putting this guy in a federal database uh, so that he could not buy guns. But it's more than the Air Force. You know, it's more than them not doing it. I, I do think that was a big, big boo-boo uh, that the Air Force made by not putting this guy's crimes into their federal database uh, per, to prevent this guy from buying guns and killing all of these children in this church. But still in all, that's not going to take away the fact that Congress needs to do something on gun control, period. But they will not. And they know that the public wants it. They know America wants it, but they will not. The people ought to drag their asses from those offices out and, and kick them all the way down into the sewer because that's where they belong. I mean, I look at this. I look at the, those church shootings and other shootings uh, and other terrorist attacks around the United States, in New York, in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, I'm sorry, Las Vegas, and now in Texas, 
I look at that as Republicans who are controlling everything. I mean, these guys have blood on their hands. Can't they do something for America besides hurting America, cutting food stamps, cutting every social program there is, cutting funding from senior citizens, senior citizens programs? Can they do anything besides hurt people? Can they do something constructive for America for once? No. They got to go after the working people. They got to go after the poor people. This is why I keep saying these people, Congress, the president, they have a war on Americans. They want to take away everything. They want to, I mean, anything that's government, government funded or government uh, or a government social program, they want to strip funds from it and just let people die. Going after your health care throwing you off off your Medicaid, throwing you off your Medicare, cutting your Social Security benefits, SSI benefits for the disabled. These people do not give a damn. They don't care. Now, uh, another massive shooting um, going in the history books, and nothing is being done about it. All of these shootings, I can run them. I can, uh, there's a litany of them. All of these, um, as a fly, <laughs> doesn't fly somewhere. All of these shootings, in the studio, um, all of these uh, um, uh, terrorist attacks, massive shootings that weigh precious lives, these people still will not act. They are so controlled by their big donors, the big money uh, people that are lining their damn pockets and letting people die. Children, they have no heart. They have not done, Congress has not done anything since Trump has taken office. He's been in office maybe 10, 11 months now, and nothing, nothing whatsoever constructed for America. It's all, it's been all downhill when it comes to America for these jackasses that are supposedly running the country. And Democrats, you know, I mean, Democrats, they just, they have to find a way to win. They have to find a way to win. They don't know how to win yet. I mean, I mean, every election that the Democrats lose, I put the blame on the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, the Democratic National is it, uh, DNC, something, something to that effect. Anyway, I put the blame on those guys and girls. They don't know how to energize liberals they don't know how to uh, uh get liberals to the polls or pro- progressives to the polls they don't know how to just do the things that they need to do to win elections this is why democrats lose they lose of course you know i mean yeah, of course the republicans are atrocious but that doesn't mean that they will not win elections the democrats have to stop shooting each other in the foot as as Donna Brazile and Elizabeth Warren, you know, these folks are going around saying all uh, they're shooting each other in the foot, saying things, you know, uh, uh, that, that it was rigged and all that kind of stuff that plays into the hands of the Republicans. And you don't win elections like that. You don't shoot yourself in the foot uh, uh, or beat yourself up or or imploding from within your own party. That's going to cause you to lose elections elections and 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 it's 
just crazy that these people still don't know how to win. The Republicans are just as repulsive, imbeciles, dummies. Some people saying Donald Trump is the dumbest person to ever, to ever. He has eclipsed George W. Bush to ever sit in the White House. The other day, Trump was saying on television in, in, in a video that he was a, he wasn't that he wasn't dumb. He was smart. He went to an Ivy League school. And every day, every time he opens his mouth, something stupid or dumb or just crazy comes out. And he believes it. He believes what he's saying. You ever heard Donald Trump give a speech? I mean, I've heard Donald Trump give a speech, uh, actually uh, give a speech, and he sounds like he's reading it. He sounds jet, and he sounds so boring. He sounds so tired. He sounds so uh, just uninteresting. He sounds like he's reading it, and you know he's reading it because he sounds like he's reading it. Anytime Donald Trump appears somber, somber at something and reading something, from a teleprompter or a script that somebody gave him to uh, read, that's not Donald Trump. The real Donald Trump is the Donald Trump who said, uh, fire that son of a bitch. That's the real Donald Trump. The Donald Trump, the real Donald Trump is the Donald Trump who said, Russia, if you have 30,000 emails of Hillary Clinton, we want to see them. And the press will reward you for them. That Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not the Donald Trump that reads from the teleprompter, reading something that that uh, somebody else wrote. If you, if you, and and if you notice about his tweets, if you notice about Donald Trump's tweets, and he tweets like crazy. This man, he tweets, he tweets secrets. <laughs> he tweets, he tweets. I can't even say it tweets intelligence but he doesn't know that the people around him know it but he doesn't but um most of his tweets are misspelled some of the some of the words are misspelled there's they're grammatically incorrect um wow remember the days if i can say this remember the days when you would tell your kids son you can be anything that you want to be you can even grow up to be the president of the United States. I wonder how many people are telling their kids that now. I mean, you got some, probably some 12, 12, 13, 12 and 13 year old kids right now who could run this country a hell of a lot better than what Donald Trump and the Republicans are doing right now. They're bought and paid for, handpicked, bought and paid for by uh, their donors, the people who are lying in their pockets. Instead of representing you, me, the people who put their asses in office, uh, instead of them uh, living up to the oath of the Constitution that they've taken on the first day in office, they're not doing that. And Democrats, they have to find a way to win. They have to find a way to get their flock. I am not a Democrat, folks. I know some people, well, George is a liberal. No, I am not. I, I, I've said that several times on this show. I am no, I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent. So I look at both sides and I criticize both sides uh, 
for what they're doing or what for what they're not doing or what they should be doing. You know, but the Democrats have the upper hand here. It's up to them to motivate their base. I, I was listening to uh, someone, I think it's the Democratic, the chairman of the Democratic Party, and he was saying that his job was to win elections. Well, so far you have not, at least at, the, at this broadcast, at this broadcast. I, have, I don't know what's, what happened in Virginia right now. I don't even know. Um, but um, last time I heard they were tied, you know, every, and e- even if the Democrat does pull it off, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but even if he does pull it off, no way they should be tied. I mean, this is a state where Hillary won. There's no way uh, a Republican should be tied with a Democrat. Democrat, a Democrat in this climate, in this political climate, should be running away with the election in Virginia. But from all recollections and polls, he's not. I think about two or three days ago, he was behind. So at the at the recording of this show, at the broadcast of this show, I don't really know what's going on. I could, you know, probably find out in a few minutes or a few seconds. But right now we're talking about um, getting out there and voting. I mean, you've got to vote, folks. I mean, in every state, we want to, what we want to do, we want to turn uh, America blue. We want to turn it blue. Every state should be voting blue, but that's not going to happen because I don't think the Democrats know how to motivate their base to get their base out to vote. Republicans know how. I mean, they scream, lie, yell, cheat, wreck America. And they still win elections. Why? People have to get out there and vote. People have to vote. And this Donna Brazil thing, I mean, this may hurt the candidate in Virginia, the, the liberal candidate. This may hurt. She's all over the television telling everybody, telling her critics to go to hell. You know, I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's a great day. It's a great, um, <laughs> it's a great day, and I hope everybody's happy. Three four seven eight five seven one seven six two is the number. Let's see, baby Trump. The president attacking top Republican Bob Corker who the president will need in order to put... Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show, broadcasting live out of Chicago, and we are helping to make the world a better place, one show at a time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding the show, downloading the show, and just having a great time. Here we go.
Closed captioning brought to you by InventHelp. Call 1-800-900-0202. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested? Trying to get this point made over and over again. This, they're not protesting the flag. They're not protesting the anthem. No, no, no. Trying to get this point made over and over again. This, they're not protesting the flag. They're not protesting the anthem. No, no, no. All righty, we're going to be talking about uh, Chicago crime. I mean, Chicago, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I haven't talked about Chicago crime for a few weeks now on the show. But uh, just because I haven't talked about it doesn't mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean it, it, it has not been happening. Oh, it's been happening big time. I mean, it's, I don't know. I've criticized the police department. I've criticized the uh I criticized the police department. I've criticized the mayor. I've criticized the governor uh, several times. I've even offered solutions into bringing down the crime in the city of Chicago. But these guys, they don't want your help. They they're pretend like they take your uh, questions or, or your solutions that you may have in trying to help to bring down Chicago crime. They're, they're, they're not interested in that. They want to come up with something on their own you know, which is not working. And it is not working. I mean, we pay these people, the taxpayer of this city pay these pay the cop, uh uh the mayor, the governor to protect us. It's not happening. They're not earning their paychecks. This is the I mean the, what else can you say? Crime is rampant. It is rampant. But if you talk to one of them, they'll say, they'll say it's down. How in the hell can crime be down in the city of Chicago when New York, Los Angeles, I mean, two or three other cities combined have a lower crime rate than, a lower crime rate than the city of Chicago? The crime, is, I mean, the, the crime in the city of Chicago is contributing to the national uh, talk. The crime in the city of Chicago is uh, contributing to the uh, national numbers. Let's face it, folks. These guys and girls in uniforms in the city of Chicago, I respect them. I respect police officers. I think they have a hard job on their hands. But, you know, their job is to save lives. Their job is to get out here and curtail or stop crime. It's not happening. Obviously, they do not have any solutions, ideas, or plans to do anything. Just let it happen. Yeah, Trump, Donald Trump, criticizes uh, Chicago's crime. I do, too. I think everybody does. I think the aldermen uh, in the city council, they just look over it. You know, they, I mean, whatever comes out of the mayor's mouth on crime, they buy it. Whatever comes out of the mouth of uh, uh, of the superintendent, they buy it, even though you know people are getting shot, gunned down, and run over every day on the streets of streets of the city of Chicago. Even this past weekend, I mean, this is crazy. Shootout on the on the on the streets, crashes, car crashes. I mean, this is crazy. 
And the residents and the people who own businesses, the first thing that come out of their mouths is, I wish the police would patrol uh, a lot, a lot more around in the area where there's higher crime. They say that they wish they had more police patrolling certain areas of the city of Chicago, uh, especially around their homes, their businesses, and and, and things of that nature, where criminals uh, prey on the elderly businesses, and everything else. It's a breakdown in in people knowing how to do things. I mean, I think we need a new superintendent, a new mayor, a new governor, somebody with some ideas and some plans to bring a halt to all of this carnage in this beautiful, wonderful city. Period. Period. And there's no way in the world with these latest uh, developments on shootings in the city of Chicago that these guys can tell me anything. Anything that comes out of their mouth is just going to float over my head. I'm not going to pay them any attention to what they're saying they're doing or what they're saying they're trying to do or what plan they might have. I want to see some action and I want to see results. And then you can talk to me. Then you can tell me things. Let the people of Chicago see some results on bringing down the crime in the city, in the city of Chicago. We want to see results. We don't want, we don't want explanations. We don't want to hear the crime statistics of last year or 10 years ago. We're concerned about what is going on in our town today, and it's not good. Don't come on TV and tell me crime is down. Uh, from 20 years ago. We need to see results today. We need to receive results now. If you want to go on TV, go on TV and talk to the, to people, to the people of Chicago about what you're doing and what you have done to get some positive results in uh, crime fighting. You can hire all the police you want unless you have a plan it means nothing. And you're putting police out, out, out here in these high crime areas who have no experience in those areas, and that could be deadly. It's a shame the way that um, Chicago crime has spiraled out of control because we have no leaders whatsoever who seem to know what the hell they're doing. But yet they want us to think that they're doing their jobs when they're not doing their jobs. Give up your paycheck. Pay every cent of the taxpayer money right back. Put it back into the till. Because you people do not deserve a penny when it comes to trying, uh, uh, lowering Chicago crimes and coming back to to the Chicagoans with some results. Not excuses. Not comparing uh, crime statistics of today to to uh, crime statistics of the past. Well, the crime it's lower today. Lower. Five people just got killed. Killed. How can it be? I mean, they can talk crime is low, but you can't tell that to a, a mother who just had her daughter. Her daughter was just shot in the head. You tell the mother that. No, she's gonna say. Like so many other people, well, there should have been more police around in the area, but nobody was here. The only time you see police officers 
in a high crime neighborhood or anywhere where there's a, a shooting had has occurred is when it's been done after the fact. Uh, you see a bunch of police officers then in the neighborhood after the shooting has been done, after the person a person has gotten away and left a lot of dead bodies in the middle of the street. You see police officers all over the place. But where were they to prevent this from happening? This is what I'm talking about. Where were they to prevent this from happening? Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts? Hiding? This is just crazy. You know, I mean, this is a beautiful town. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful place to come visit. But there is no doubt about it. There is one big problem. Crime. I know if uh, if some people listen to this broadcast, you know, they're probably going to disagree with me. But, you know, uh, disagree with me and, and challenge me on, on what I'm saying here. Go come. I mean, if you want to do that, go right ahead. But this is ridiculous. We have a superintendent. We have a mayor. We have a governor. Their, one of their responsibilities is to protect the citizens of the state. And they're failing miserably. Miserably. Coming up with all kinds of excuses, pulling all kinds of things out of their butts to try to calm us down. You can't calm us down. We want to see results. And we haven't, since Mayor, uh, I don't know, this is six, seven years for him, maybe. And I, and I haven't yet to see any progress to be made on curtailing crime in the city of Chicago. He knows how to build libraries, though. You know, he knows how to uh, uh, put stores in, in, in neighborhoods without them. He knows how to smile for the camera. He knows how to uh, talk about um, education, visiting schools, as if he cares so much about uh, education. But on crime, majority of the time he's silent. Then he talks about crime for a minute or so, and then he goes on to talk about something else. Beautification of the city. This is nutty. This is nutty. This is crazy uh, 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 that these people don't have any solutions and can't come up with any results on. uh, Now, I can say they don't they haven't came up with any results on crime reduction in the city of Chicago. And they disagree with me on that. I know. I know. They'll say, well, five people just got shot over here. But last year, it was just only three, as if that's some sort of consolation. uh, We just got to vote in, Democrat or Republican, we have to vote in people who are going to show us some results on uh, on the carnage here in the city of Chicago. Believe me. We have to do that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Doesn't seem like my guest is going to make it. (laughs) 
but we'll hang in there and hopefully um she'll call in uh later but if not then the show must go on am i correct of course um uh, just got through talking about chicago crime and uh it, it is I mean, I'm not a Trump, a Donald Trump fan. I think he's awful. But uh, I don't think that uh, the the city's fathers in the city of Chicago should criticize anybody who uh, tells the truth on city crime. It's a mess in the city of Chicago. It's a mess when it comes to crime. And I do think a lot of these guys who are getting guys and girls who are getting money uh, for years, um, getting paid, uh, should pay every cent of that money back to the taxpayers because they've done nothing in in terms of of uh, lowering crime in the city of Chicago. And uh, I, I'm serious about that. I know, but I am serious about that. It, it's it's a serious issue. The crime in the city of Chicago is surpassed so many cities in the United States. I mean, we are the number one uh, in crime and death and shootings in the city of Chicago. It's a shame. It's a black eye on the city. And how these guys, superintendent, mayor, can ignore all of this is just beyond me. It's just beyond me. I bet you we can get somebody in office right now. I can solve the crime if they only listen to me, you know, but there are so many people around the city of Chicago who has chimed in trying to give the mayor solutions on solving crime. I said before that I think the National Guard would, would, would do greatly in the city of Chicago. Even some of the residents who have been victims who have lost loved ones to gun violence, they say the same thing. The National Guard. They say the same thing. Police should patrol more, not just every hour or every 30 minutes or every 10 minutes. They should be based out there in those high crime neighborhoods. You want to lower crime? That's how you do it. But they don't want the National Guard. They don't want uh, army personnel out, out there in the streets lowering crime. That makes them look bad. It makes them look as if they can't do their jobs. Well, you can't. Look at the crime statistics in the city of Chicago for oh, the last uh, 10 years. You can't. You can't. You need help. They. My understanding is that they even, the city of Chicago, some of the officials, uh, police personnel, had federal help, and they can't Reduce crime with federal help. They need someone to come in with some plans and some solutions to get us results. Not talking. Blabbing or trying to take credit for something uh, uh, that's irrelevant. We need results in the city of Chicago and in other places, in other cities, too. You know, I mean, even there's crime in other cities, too, but not as high as it is in the city of Chicago. It's embarrassing to turn on the nightly news 
and the first thing that comes up is Chicago crime. And I mean, if, if, if Chicago's crime is on the news, Chicago's crime is all over the world. And no doubt about it, that's going to affect tourism. I don't care what they say. That's going to affect tourism. They can lie about the numbers and lie about the statistics. That's going to affect people who want to come here, who want to go to school here. That's going to uh, affect people who want to live here. I mean, there's people already who have left the state of Illinois, who have uh, uh, left Chicago, who have left the south and west sides of the city because of the crimes. Those are the reasons to why there is so much low enrollment in Chicago public schools. And another reason why there's low enrollment in Chicago public schools is because parents don't, most parents do not think their kids are learning anything. Period. So if you so if they give you any other reason to why there's low enrollment in Chicago public schools, it's a spin, it's a lie, don't believe it. The reason why the schools in the city of Chicago, the kids are leaving, parents are leaving because of high taxes. That's another thing that uh, people are leaving Chicago over, high taxes. It's very expensive to live in this town. That, that's no lie. High taxes, crime, politics. All of that plays a part in low enrollment in the, in the Chicago public schools. And also education. I mean, how do you educate a child when the child doesn't have books or homework? This is, a, this is the standard now for some of these schools. These kids don't have no homework. They don't have textbooks anymore. You're almost better off teaching your kid yourself. They'll get a better education if you teach them yourself. But I understand a lot of parents, they don't have the education or the know-how or the will to homeschool their children. And that's understandable, you know. But um, low enrollment in Chicago public schools has nothing to do with what they're telling you it is. It's high taxes. It's crime. It's, it's the education itself. It's politics. People rip their kids up out of, out of the city of Chicago. Go other places. And I can't blame them. I mean, I, I really can't blame anybody who wants to, uh, to uh, leave here. I can understand it. All right, you've been listening to, to the George Wilder Jr. Show uh, on Block Talk Radio. And, you know, obviously um, that has to happen. It has to happen in crime. And I've said so many times, uh, you know, we need to have the National Guard. But these people will look at me like I'm crazy. They will criticize me. They will say he's we don't need the guard, you know, as if I'm, you know, whacked out or something for saying that. You know, 
If we don't need the guard, then show us some results from the police force that that's getting our tax dollars. We don't want excuses. We don't want double talk. We don't want lies. We don't want to hear statistics comparing a set of numbers from a year ago to today or 10 years ago to today. Things are happening now. We need results right now, not like yesterday. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and we will be right back. What is this, Ring of Fire? Okay. General John Kelly put his reputation on the line for this president when he attacked Congresswoman Frederica Wilson with multiple entirely false statements. And now the White House is doubling down. Back with me, Rick Wilson, Keith Boykin, Anna Navarro, and Jason Miller. Uh, Keith, I want to bring you in. You didn't get to speak last time. Listen, I'm wondering, has this changed your opinion or, or anything you thought about General Kelly at all this week? Well, General Kelly was perceived to be one of the adults in the room, you know, along with General Mattis. Uh, and uh, Rex Tillerson, the three people who uh, I think James, who uh, Congressman uh, Senator Corker said were keeping us away from chaos in this administration. And uh, the fact that General Kelly would put his reputation on the line in defense of a lie uh, to support President Trump, I think is very disturbing. It suggests the way that Donald Trump corrupts all those around him. I mean, you think about all the people who are around him, people like Rex Tillerson and others, they've also been caught or ensnared in some sort of controversy because of Trump. Tillerson and the whole controversy about whether he called Trump a moron, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, being berated by, uh, by Donald Trump, and even Mike Pence being mocked by Donald Trump about his religion. And so it, it just goes to show you the reason why we're having this conversation, with all due respect all the other guests here is because of one person, Donald Trump. He failed to address this issue, the, the death of the four soldiers in Niger for 12 days. Many people were asking questions about it. I was asking about this just last week when I was on your show, Don, and no one, was no one was providing answers about it. And then when he is finally asked a question, he turns it into a competition between himself and President Obama and previous presidents. That's just unbecoming of the office of the presidency, and we would expect more from our commander-in-chief. Hey, Rick, um, you said that General Kelly began his role as chief of staff with the best intentions, but today he has become another prop in the Trump show. You said that. But I'm wondering if this is kind of the reason you say everything the president touches dies and you cite a list of people, which includes John Kelly, Sean Spicer, Jeff Sessions, H.R. McMaster, Anthony Scaramucci, et cetera. Sure. Well, I mean, we started working on a documentary about this and the list kept, keeps getting longer and longer. And, and, and the, everyone that's around Donald Trump ends up in some position where they either are compromised by his behavior or their behavior changes to sort of match the sort of things Donald Trump does. And, and it's also about policy things. Look, this is a guy, the big old trophy wall of legislative accomplishments the White House is pretty bare right now because every, every legislative priority he's put his hands on has fallen apart. You know, he tried initially with Trump Care, it fell apart. He's trying with the tax reform plan, it's fallen apart. Donald Trump doesn't have things he can really go out and say. You know, Gorsuch is a great single accomplishment, but that was Mitch McConnell's pick mm -hmm. and, and, and the Federal Society's pick. But everything else he does falls apart. This is a guy with very few accomplishments, and executive orders are very ephemeral. They're very transitory. They can be wiped away with the stroke of a pen. And so right now, the, the, the president is relying on, on the stock market 
uh, rising to sustain his, his, his public approval numbers, but everything else he touches dies. It, 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 like I said, we started working on this documentary. We thought, oh, we'll make a 90-minute piece. Well, there's enough material now for, for a trilogy, practically. It just never stops. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the White House eventually you know, falls victim to this curse. Yeah. In, in this speech yesterday, in his speech yesterday, the former president, George W. Bush, offered a point-by-point takedown of Trumpisms, right? The White House says that the comments had nothing to do with President Trump. Watch this. Our understanding is that those comments were not directed towards the president. Uh, And in fact, when these two individuals, both past presidents, have criticized the president, they've done so by name uh, and very rarely do it without being pretty direct, as both of them tend to be. So we'll take them at their word that these actions and comments weren't directed towards the president. I mean, come on. Jason. That is what you call that is what you call so playing I would have, on. I mean, Jason, when you so, I mean, yeah, I would have heard that did you have if, any if, doubt? If, Go ahead. If Anna that Kirby. is if that right, is so her I would understanding, have, then she has no understanding. <laughs> did you have any right, doubt so, who, who I would have given I would have given a little bit of a different answer. I would have said, well, thank you, President Bush and President Obama for giving us $20 trillion uh, in debt and leaving uh, a whole big mess for President Trump to come in and clean up. Uh, but look, uh, I think seeing as both President uh, Obama and President Bush criticize uh, President Trump this week really kind of reminds people that the president, not only did he defeat the Democratic establishment uh, last year in the general election, but he also defeated the Republican establishment in the primaries and <laughs> taken on Washington. Their critique of him wasn't electoral or political. Their critique of him was about American values. Their critique of him was about the sort of things that has surrounded the Trump administration from the very beginning and the kinds of things, the conspiracy theories, the bigotry, the disgusting rhetoric, the, the hostility towards, towards people that, that you know, aren't fellow billionaires of, like Donald Trump. Their critique of him was about the, the tone and character of this administration. It wasn't about an ideological thing or a rhetorical thing. This was about the way Donald Trump governs as a man, as a human. And, the, and those things, I believe, you, George W. Bush and Barack Obama are a billion miles apart ideologically, but I think they were on the same sheet of music about the, the sort of soul of American uh, public life. And Donald Trump falls very short of that test. And you can, and look, I was, I was tough on Barack Obama every day he was president. And I praised George W. Bush very frequently, even when it was tough as a Republican. But those two guys, they hit a ground here that's above politics. It's different from what we, we've expected from ex-presidents, where they were sending a very clear signal that this guy is a, is a moral vacuum around him that is not good for this no, country. No, that's... Uh, no, I mean, look, here's... Uh, it's Changing Washington is going to be hard, and so of course you're going to get the uh, folks from both parties that are going to go and start taking shots at you, uh, but good for President Trump to go and, and bring in truth to power and not being afraid of what these now, guys Jason, are going to go Jason, and fire back at Jason, the, Jason, the last Jason, thing, Jason. Let me say this. The last thing George W. Bush would want to do is take shots at any precedent. That is just not something that he has done in the past. He has been very good at adhering to that unspoken pact of not criticizing your successors. He has been good at that. What he is doing now is expressing the frustration and saying, you know what, enough is enough, and I've got to use this platform. I can no longer afford the luxury of remaining silent because American values are under attack. What this White House and, and this president and are know, doing this are affecting election, the national tone, and there has got to be somebody using the bully pulpit Jason, to say it's differently. Not about, I think Jason, 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 Jason
it's not a coincidence that John McCain this week came out and did exactly the same thing, that Bob Corker is doing it, that Jeff Flake is doing it, that George W. Exactly. Bush is All doing the it. Washington Republicans are coming Jason, back and reminding Republicans you keep going Jason, back to the election, people don't vote retroactively. This is what this is what has happened after the election. And one person, Jason, one person can't always be against every single the politicians and people in Washington want him to. I get that Jason, can you I say guess that addressing the moral it, it, question this is of like, Donald Trump's if, behavior if, is difficult. If, if, if it was just, I get it. I get how hard it is just, for you. I can if, feel if, the if, burden if, you're carrying. If, if it was no, just I, I Democrats, Jason. I get it that Jason. you guys don't like President Trump. I, I totally, no, no, no. Could I you, totally could you, get could you that. Call, no, no, Jason, I, I don't Jason. like his behavior. Oh, oh God. Jason, if it was just Democrats, I could understand how you could say it was a partisan attack. It's not just Democrats. It's Republicans. It's people within his own staff who are attacking him. It's people in his own cabinet who are attacking him. How, at what point do you finally acknowledge that the man is not a popular president, he's not well-liked, <laughs> except among his base, Two, and he has to be the four, president of the entire beat, country, he beat not all just 32%. He beat all the people who are supposedly everybody, 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 I want you to hear this point. This is important. Two former two-term presidents, both on a different sides of the political aisle, one Republican, one Democrat, saying the exact same thing about the sitting president. That is not partisan, Jason. Don, all I got to say is good for President Trump for not backing down. He's going to continue to fight for people and do what he thinks is right. And, hey, but and hold on, hold on, hold on. Backing down to what? Backing down backing for down someone saying that bigotry is wrong. What do you want to say? It's right. Backing down to saying that uh, we are so partisan that we shouldn't that we, we shouldn't be. We should talk to each other. Not talking to each other is right. Backing down from what? What are you talking about? Backing down from. Backing down from his change agenda that he wants to go and get rid of these terrible trade deals that he wants to go and they didn't talk about taxes, trade deals. Jason. No but one's talking about trade deals here. They're, they're no one fine, mentioned a trade deal. They talked them. about bigotry. <laughs> about part hyper partisanship about bringing the country together that this president is not doing no one said anything about trade deals no one said anything about the budget no one said anything about that so what is the opposite of, his of what they mentioned that donald trump is doing and don his policies are popular i mean these are these they didn't are great mention ideas his policies. they weren't talking Jason. about his policies they weren't criticizing his policies <laughs> Jason, so, you're hang on, I got this. I got this. I got this. Go ahead. So they want to. So they want to go out one at a time. One at a time. Personal attacks. You know, uh, fine. That's their prerogative. Uh, it's so a free you're admitting country. it was they about go, the president, and even though Sarah Huckabee Sanders is saying it, it wasn't. Oh, I'm saying, look, it probably was uh, an attack on President Trump. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, that's what it seems like President Obama, President no, Bush Jason, wanted to do. No, Jason, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an attack on President Trump. It was a call for the leader of the free world, ostensibly leader of the free world, to yeah. try to conform his behavior to some of the traditional values that this country has embraced. And those are things like not engaging in rampant yeah. bigotry, not embracing conspiracy theories, not acting like someone who, who feels free and willing to insult uh, okay. veterans and to insult the handicapped. He's call, they, they were calling him back to a better, a better sort of presidency. And I'm sorry, yeah. that, if, if the change agenda is against that, 
bad agenda. Keith, I got to quickly. I just, I Keith, I know, the Keith, 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 I cut Keith off. Seen. Keith, go ahead. Get the last word. I'm sorry. I'm just, sorry, just, Jason. Just, one, just one quick point. Just one quick point, Jason. You said that Donald Trump is speaking truth to power. I appreciate that. But now Donald Trump is power. And what I would like to see is for you and other Trump supporters to speak truth to him, to tell him when he does do something wrong, that he needs to be called out on it. It's time. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard. Fighting non-violently. Now that Manafort and Rick Gates, his uh, protege and associate, uh, have been indicted, 12 counts uh, All right, against this is Manafort. The young and now that uh, we know George Papadopoulos, a, a campaign uh, official for Donald Trump, has already turned evidence against them. Let us now check the temperature of Donald Trump's Twitter account, where it's got to be, well, let's put it this way, climate change is finally in effect over there. Uh, so yep. before the Papadopoulos news, Here's Trump raging over the weekend, knowing that an indictment is coming and at the time it was under seal. He said, never seen uh, such Republican anger and unity as I have concerning the lack of investigation on Clinton made fake dossier. Now $12 million. Okay, I'll get to why they, he keeps bringing up Hillary Clinton in a second. Uh, they, then he goes on to say, the uranium to Russia deal, the 33,000 plus deleted emails, the Comey fix, and so much more. Instead, they look at phony Trump-Russia collusion, he puts in air quotes, which doesn't exist. The Dems are using this terrible and bad for our country witch hunt for evil politics. But the Republicans are now fighting back like never before. There's so much guilt by Democrats slash Clinton. And now the facts are pouring out. And then big, bold capital letters, do something! So one of my favorite cries for help I've ever heard on Twitter. Donald Trump screaming in agony, do something. Okay, so why is he screaming about Hillary Clinton when the Russian investigation has nothing to do with Hillary Clinton? Um, maybe he thinks uh, it's inconceivable that he won and he just can't believe it like the rest of us. Like he wakes up every morning like, really, I'm president? Shouldn't Hillary be president? Let's investigate her. Okay, uh, not likely. The real answers are, uh, number one, of course he wants to distract you. That's obvious, right? Uh, squirrel. Okay, but the more important part of the answer is they are later going to make the claim. And in fact, today it has begun. Well, Robert Mueller was 
the head of the FBI during the Obama administration when the uranium one deal was done. So I don't know, maybe Mueller's, maybe Mueller's biased. I mean, I'm not getting rid of him because he's doing the investigation against me. No, we had to get rid of him because he didn't do the investigation about Hillary Clinton years and years and years ago. That is why all of a sudden I'm outraged that he didn't do that investigation. No, they are setting it up as an excuse to fire Robert Mueller. If he is fired, Trump should be impeached immediately. Look, if you'd like to start an investigation on something that went wrong six years ago, that's an interesting conversation to have and one we should have as alongside this one. And I think the Uranium One deal, I'm not with other progressives in the media. I think the Uranium One deal was problematic, but Hillary Clinton is not president. She didn't win, she's incredibly irrelevant. I don't even know if the statute of limitations ran on it. If you wanna go back and investigate that, whatever. But that has nothing to do with Robert Mueller's current investigation of Donald Trump, which is of course the reason why Donald Trump is in an absolute panic. So. He now this he had said back in June, so he began this theme as the investigation was picking up steam. I don't know if he knew that Papadopoulos was going to turn evidence at that point, but he said, "You are witnessing the single greatest witch hunt in American political history, led by some very bad and conflicted people." Hashtag MAGA. So even back then he was like Mueller. I don't conflict of interest. I mean, he didn't do the thing against Hillary, so. That's why when he finds out evidence, hardcore evidence that people on my campaign did tax evasion, money laundering, had clear ties to the Russians and wanted me to meet with the Russians. That's some of the things we learned out from the Papadopoulos case. No, no, don't worry about any of that Mueller conflict of interest. I gotta get rid of him, he's got the evidence, I gotta get rid of him. His panic gives you a sense of how connected Trump was to all this. Because the Manafort evidence, so far the, the things that have been presented in public are largely against Manafort and Rick Gates and their ties to Russian oligarchs. It is, as I stated earlier in the show, it is possible that Trump was not did not know anything about that. And he could just say, hey, listen, man, these guys were apparently trying to pay back a $19 million thing they had with the oligarchs. It has nothing to do with me and, and I'm outraged by it. I can't believe that they potentially put my campaign in trouble. He's not saying that. Instead, he's saying, hey, I gotta get rid of Mueller. I gotta get rid of him. Uranium One, Benghazi dossier. I, I don't know. I'm I, I panic. If you didn't do it, why are you in such a cold sweated panic over it? So now he finds out about Papadopoulos and, and all the things that happened this morning, and he gets even more crazed. He says, All this Russia talk, right? When the Republicans are making their big push for historic tax cuts and reform, is this coincidental? Not. <laughs> you're, you're a child. He's the president. Can you believe he's the president? And he's saying things like "not." And that's not how it works anyway. You're not supposed to ask the question and then scream "not." You're supposed to say "coincidental." Not. I have to teach him these things. Okay. Anyway. What a child, what an unbelievable petulant child and also guilty. All right, and, and by the way, the other reason for that tweet is, hey, rich people, all my donors and all the people in charge and in powerful, remember, I'm gonna give you tax cuts. I'm trying to give you tax cuts. Don't, don't throw me away yet. Okay, and he goes on to say, sorry, but this is years ago before Paul Manafort was part of the Trump campaign. 
Why aren't Crooked Hillary and the Dems the focus? I'm going to say for the billionth time now, because Hillary Clinton is not president. She doesn't have any power. She's wandering around, around in the woods. Your attempt at distraction has no subtlety. So it looks absurd. You're too, frankly, unintelligent to realize that. But you think just screaming squirrel louder will do the trick. No, it makes everyone realize that you're screaming squirrel and that you want them to be distracted from the thing that we're supposed to be looking at. You're making it more obvious, which is usual for Donald Trump because he's not that bright. And his last he's tweet dumb. is a great example of that. And yeah. it goes. Yeah, he is not that <laughs> making the right. world a better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. the city of Chicago, we are in a crime warp and we have people making lots and lots of money and doing nothing, at least from a crime, uh, committing uh, crime and locking up folks and preventing crime standpoint, point of view. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I really don't think it's that much of a problem to actually solve Chicago's crime. I really don't. I mean, you're going to have the bad guys out there. They're going to, you know, do uh, things that they should not do in the first place. But it, I just have the feeling, I just had a feeling that you can actually, I mean, you uh, crime is not going to be solved. Not, let me put it this way. Crime is not going to be uh, uh, knocked out altogether. I mean, it, it's not going to, uh, Go away. I mean, you're always going to have bad guys out there that's just want, wanting to do some something, wanting to harm somebody, wanting to take something that doesn't belong to them, breaking somebody's house or something. But there is a way where you can get that down to at least 10 percent. You know, right now, I, I think crime in the city of Chicago is over 100 percent. You can get it down to 10 percent. You just have to have a plan, solution ideas and that's something that the city fathers in the city of chicago do not seem to have i mean i mean people in this city are afraid to walk down the streets i mean at at 11 o'clock 10 30 11 o'clock the streets on the north side of the city where i am are completely uh a ghost town people are they're off the streets they're not even walking up and down the street. They're off the streets. 
10, 30, 11 o'clock, and we don't have a curfew. It's just that people know that uh, the danger they, that they could be facing, you know, walking up and down the street, hanging out uh, uh, in Chicago, at least on the north side, uh, after 1030. And it, it's it's something because we look out the when we look out of our windows, and I'm talking about my family, when we look out of the windows, there is nobody on the streets. A lot of lights, Christmas lights. Some <laughs> some people have a Christmas lights already, but the streets are vacant. They're only vacant because they know the problem with crime in the city of Chicago. When you have people afraid to go to the park on a nice summer day, sunny, bright summer day, afraid to go to the park, afraid to walk to the store, afraid to go to the library, walk to the library, a neighborhood library. Afraid to go out to a restaurant with their family because they're afraid that they may not uh, survive to get back home, to go back home. The, the superintendent, Mayor Emanuel, they all know this. This is nothing new to them. But like so many other politicians, they ignore what the people are stressing they ignore it or they just wipe over it or they spin it or they lie and they go on to something else. But that's not saying that other states and other cities are looking at Chicago. When the other states, other cities, and even other countries, when they look at Chicago's crime, they're not blaming the residents. They're looking straight at who is running who's running the government. They're looking at Emmanuel. They're looking at Bruce Rauner. They're saying these people cannot protect the people of their own state. These people cannot protect the people of their own city. City, They can't do it. This is what uh, outside, uh, uh, out, the, uh, the conjacent, adjacent states are saying, even some of the states within the United States. When they look at Chicago's crime, they're not looking at the residents. They're not looking at the criminals who commit the crime. They're looking at the politicians who refuse to prevent the crime from happening in the first place. I try not to talk about Chicago crime, but sometimes it just gets out of too goddamn out of control. I have to say something. I have to say something. Whether uh, the city fathers are listening or not, whether they agree or not, but they cannot step on my opinion and, and my thoughts. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have them. This show is about making the world a better place and making Chicago a better place and a much better place for the residents of this city and state. Suburbs, they have their crime too, you know. And, and there are so many people who are victims of crime just because of their own stupidity or their own lack of thinking. For example, I mean, a lot of cars are stolen in the city and in the suburbs. Majority of these cars that are stolen in the city and suburbs would not be, it would not be a crime if a lot of these folks remember to lock their cars. A lot of people 
and take the key. <laughs> because, you know, cars are being manufactured now uh, burglary proof. But if somebody just leaves the key in the car, leave the door open, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? And that, that goes for a lot of people who live in the suburbs and even some people in the city. I mean, there's a lot of burglaries, house burglaries uh, going on all over the place. People leave their damn door unlocked. They leave their door unlocked. The next thing you know, they're calling the police. Somebody broke in my house. I'd be embarrassed, you know. You know. Uh, they leave their doors unlocked. They leave their car unlocked. And things happen. And you're living in the city of Chicago or some other city where there's high crime. And you, you don't take the time to protect yourself and to protect your property, protect what you own, protect your family, because you're doing something stupid, like leaving your front door open or uh, not. There's a lot of neighborhoods and uh, there's a lot of areas in the, in the country and a lot of communities uh these guys and girls and families leave their door unlocked all night long. They feel they live in a, you know, everybody knows everybody in that particular community. <laughs> so they feel that they're safe. Nothing's ever, nothing ever happens. So they leave their doors unlocked, the windows open all night long, every night, months, for months and months and months. Then one day, uh, it happens. Someone walks in with a gun and shoots up the entire family. I don't care how safe a neighborhood you think you live in. If you're in America, lock your door. If you want to keep your car, I don't care if you're getting out, going to the gas station, uh, uh, running into the store and back, lock your car. Oh, I just want to, I'm just going to run in and run, run right out. I'll be right out. Okay. You run in, run out. Your car's gone. You left the key in the car. You left the door open. The door was not unlocked. A lot of folks could, you know, <laughs> uh, crime could be cut down. A lot of crime could be cut down. There's a lot of people do a lot of simple things like do not drive talking on your phone. People still do it. I see it. I, I mean, I see it every, almost every day. People are driving with their, talking on their cell phones or looking down at their phones while they're stopped at a stoplight or something, you know. Wow. So if people would just do the right things, stop talking on their cell phones while they're driving, that'll never happen because somebody's going, hey, it's my phone, my car, I can do what I want, you know. And all of a sudden, they've hit a little 90-year-old lady walk, trying to walk, walk across the street because they're on their phones. But anyway, getting back to Chicago crime. We need solutions, folks. We need ideas, and Chicago hasn't gotten it. And results. I, I have been looking for results from the police department, the mayor's department, the mayor's office on crime for as long as uh, Emmanuel's been in office. And I've yet to see anything, yet to see anything. I can make suggestions. I can say this. They will, uh, and other people will make the same suggestions that I make, 
you know, and the mayor and the superintendent will shoot it down while other people are getting gunned down in their community. What they need, I'm going to say it again, what they need in the city of Chicago, I'm talking about the mayor, the superintendent, and whoever else there is, what they need are good plans, solutions, and what we want is results. We don't want rhetoric. We don't want dribble. We don't want spin. We don't want lies. We don't care about your statistics from 10 years ago, comparing it with today, saying crime is low. We want results. We don't need that, especially when our babies are getting killed. People are, are having guns, uh, gun fights, shootouts in the middle of the street in broad daylight. We need results. We need results. Innocent people are being shot because uh, two gang members are, are pissed off at each other and uh, whatever, and they decide to shoot up each other on a city street and innocent people are struck by bullets. And we pay these policemen to protect us. We're just giving them a check. We're just giving them money because they're not doing a damn thing as far as I'm concerned. Until I see results, that's how I'm going to feel. Show me some results at solving crime, getting it down. I don't need to see no statistics. I don't need you to go on television and say, hey, wow, crime is down. When two people, three, three or four people were shot to death right down the street from me. I'm just being facetious, but, you know, uh, I need to I need to see and majority of Chicagoans need to see results. Results. If you don't want if you don't like my plan of uh, basing Chicago police officers 24 seven in high crime areas, if you don't like my plan of getting the. armed guard and armed guard in some of these gang written neighborhoods then what the hell is your plan at least i have plans to try to uh lower crime in the city of chicago to try to help to lower crime in the city of chicago at least i have a couple or few maybe but what do you have if you're going to criticize my plan then show me your plan don't criticize my plan unless you have a plan and your plan might be, well, we need more jobs. We need more community centers in the neighborhood. We need more people out here who are going to teach and show these young people and turn them into to the uh, turn them into the right direction for their lives. That's all in good. But the gangbangers, the thugs, and the murderers—they don't give a damn about that. They are out there taking the lives of these young people who are trying to make something of themselves. We need to save these young people who are trying to make something of themselves, who are ambitious, who do have dreams and goals in their lives. So many of these kinds of young people are being taken away because of crime, total crime, senseless crime, senseless shootings in the city of Chicago. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Sometimes I go on a rant about things that uh, that uh, we pay people to do that they're not doing. They're not doing. 
And it's just heartbreaking. Welcome back. Democratic mega donor and billionaire environmentalist Tom Steyer is known for spending millions of his own dollars on Democratic campaigns. Well, now the party's single biggest donor is spending again, only this time his money is going to a national TV ad campaign calling for President Trump's impeachment. Take a look. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know this president is a clear and present danger who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons. Tom Steyer is a retired former hedge fund founder and manager who poured $91 million of his own money into Democratic campaigns just last year alone, and he's joining us now live. Good to see you, Tom. Hey, Frederica, how are you? I'm good. So this ad campaign, according to one of your aides, cost more than $10 million. And given the Republican-controlled Congress, you know, why do you feel that this is money well spent? Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give a voice to the American people because I think Democrats and Republicans alike know that this president is, in fact, a clear and present danger to their health and safety. And so we're trying to give them a chance to go to their representatives and make this case because that's the, the American people still, their voice is the most powerful thing in our country. And if they speak up, then elected officials have to listen. But on what grounds do you believe Trump should be impeached? Because it has to be more than a belief of clear and present danger or right. access to nuclear weapons. He has violated his trust to the Constitution and to the American people. By firing James Comey, 
he clearly obstructed justice. That is the historical basis for impeaching a president. He has been, the emoluments clause has been um, broken. The fact of the matter is he has clearly broken his trust with the Constitution. The reason that we're calling for it is that it's urgent that it happen now. The fact of the matter is he is putting us at risk on a daily basis. And he has, you can go to legal scholars, he has clearly met the standard for impeachment, but we have to have it. And so that's why we're going to the American people and asking them to raise their voices and say, we need a change. Um, but, but there are parameters in which the, the president does have the authority to hire and fire the FBI director. Yes, but obstructing justice is not one of them. The fact of the matter is if... it looks or 
or it is, uh, we're going to still be trying and espousing, making the world a better place is so it, it, more important than it has ever been because it is totally a mess right now, folks. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the George. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I try not to waste your time, you know, but you know what the show is all about. All right, everybody have a great evening. Bye-bye, everybody. Join me tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm always fine. Why do you say tomorrow?